In a world that tells us to chase personal perfection, there doesn't seem to be a place for fools. This fool is trying to work out where that leaves him. And you too, maybe. Because, let's face it, sometimes we're all just fools trying to be better. I've decided that today will be a good day. Really? Yes, today will be a good day. I thought we'd talked about this. We have, yes. We agreed that you'd never spout this kind of nonsense. It's not nonsense. I've just woken up and I've decided that today will be a good day. People who usually say this go on to do one of two things. If somebody copies them by saying to themselves, I'm also going to have a good day today, and then that person doesn't have a good day, and goes back to tell the guru that they didn't have a good day, the guru then finds ways of blaming that person for not having a good day, making out it's their fault. Just to make one thing clear, I'm not a guru. I'm not pretending to be a guru. I've always thought guru was a funny-looking word anyway. I'm just a fool. And if anybody wants to copy what I do, they do so at their own risk. Glad to hear it. Because the other thing that people do who say this is try and sell people a course. Something like the 12 Steps to Happiness. I have no happiness course to sell. Or the other thing that happens Somebody says they tried that technique and it didn't work for them. And then lots of the guru's followers jump on that person to bully them. It becomes a 24-hour social validation bullython. It gets really ugly. One more time. I'm not a guru. I'm just this fool trying to muddle through life. And I woke up this morning and decided to tell myself that today would be a good day. Is that okay? Let me put a question to you. Go on. It's a tough one. It'll completely destroy your idea. What is it? Say, for some reason, your business falls apart. One thing leads to another, and you find out that you're about to be made homeless. Let's say there's nowhere to turn to, that in a week's time, you're going to be living on the streets. How is waking up and deciding that today is going to be a good day, how is that going to help you? Are you still there? Well, of course that's not going to be a good day. I'd have to be out of my mind to think that was a good day. So there you have it. Have what? The whole exercise is misleading at best. A whole load of people could get the wrong idea, labelling you as a guru on the make trying to exploit them. Hold on. I just woke up and said to myself, today's going to be a good day. That's all. Well, don't. I did, and I might even do it again tomorrow. You'd better see how this one goes first. You're missing the point. Let's talk about it later, at the end of this good day. Okay. I love it when I know I'm going to be right. Do you now? Oh, yes. Well, we'll see. 
every day, in your own way, you are making history. That's a very grand claim. And I can back it up. To make history, don't you have to do something momentous? What do you mean by momentous? Be a great leader or invent something. That would be a start. That's the traditional way of looking at history, sure. So how do you define making history? Everything and anything you do is making history. Anything? Yes. Everything? Yes. When I was at school, history was all about kings and queens and emperors, presidents and battles. A lot about battles, actually. A lot. In fact, I wonder what percentage of history being taught is just about wars. Aren't you interested in the great wars of history? I'm interested in all history. It's one of my favourite things to read about. And when I listen to other podcasts, it's often a history podcast. And recently, I was listening to the podcast History Hit, and they had an interview with an author called Tony Mount about her book, How to Survive in Medieval England. The book's not about the major battles in medieval England, but about daily life. For example, how important hats were in medieval times. And the reason why they were important was because if you met somebody who was your social superior on the street, you were meant to doff your hat as a mark of respect. If you had no hat to doff, you risked being assaulted. For not having a hat? For not showing respect. And I also learned where the terms half-board and full-board come from. You know, when you're booking a hotel. That was from medieval England. The board was literally a wooden board you ate your meals off before plates were widely used. So if you stayed somewhere and paid for the privilege, that's why it was said to include board and lodgings. And these days, you get the terms half-board and full-board. Isn't that interesting? Yes, that's interesting. But it's not really momentous. I think it is. I think that the first person who came up with the idea of calling it board and lodgings created an expression that's lasted hundreds of years. OK. The person who came up with that expression had a greater impact on life today than somebody who fought in the Napoleonic Wars, for example. Somebody we've all forgotten who was just another soldier. I see your point. I do. But? Well, who do people remember? Napoleon or the person who invented the phrase board and lodgings? Obviously, Napoleon had a great impact on life today. You only have to look at the judicial system in France. But that's not the point. History can also be the little things. How many times do people mention Napoleon compared with how many times people use the expression full board or half board when booking a hotel? Just in daily life. And that's my point. The little things are also important in history. So everything you do today is tomorrow's history no matter how insignificant you think it is. Everything you do, every day, is making history. It's an interesting thought, isn't it?
I'm looking at this photograph. I'm on honeymoon, half standing, half floating in a swimming pool that's right outside our room. There are some rolling hills in the background. I remember the photo being taken. I remember how happy I was. Pure, unadulterated happiness. What do you mean by pure happiness? Well, I remember my state of mind. I had nothing to worry about. Time had stood still. I remember hearing the gentle lapping of the sea against the shore in the background. And I remember the warmth of the sun on my skin. I was so deliriously happy. Are you happy now? Yes, very, very happy. But of course, I've returned to the real world with all its pressures. You'll go on holiday again, right? Yes, but... Okay, let me tell you a secret. Go on then. I have trouble looking at photographs of happy times. You do. I know. Of course you do. I forgot who you were for a minute. But why do you have trouble looking at photographs of happy times? It's something to do with time. I've always been fascinated by time. The whole idea of time. Oh, this is, this is so difficult to explain, but I've got to try. So let's go back to this photograph of me in the pool, on honeymoon, not a care in the world. My gorgeous, amazing wife is taking the photograph. I could not be happier. I look at the photograph now and... And what? And I wonder why we can't freeze moments like that. But the photograph is a frozen moment in time. And when I look at the photograph, I can recall what I was feeling. But it's a recollection. It's like a book that's been out in the sun too long. The words are still there on the page, but the letters are faded. It's the same with photographs of our wedding. It was such a joyous event in the middle of the French countryside. Truly idyllic. But again, I find the photographs frustrating. I want to capture that emotion, put it in a bottle and drink from it whenever I can. With photographs, I can't drink from it and get the same intense joy from that day. But you have the chance to make new memories every day. I know, and we grab that opportunity all the time. It's just that photographs, for me anyway, are frustrating. They're just such poor representations of the events they portray. They make me want to reach inside of them. Reach inside a photograph? Yes, reach inside of them, thrust my hand through the screen and grab the emotional experience of that day to enjoy it to the max. Wouldn't that be amazing if you could do that? Reach into a photo and pull out the emotions with your bare hands. No matter how advanced cameras get, they'll never be able to do that. I think you're frustrated with time, not with photographs. Well, I don't know about being frustrated with time, But I am fascinated by it. I always get excited when scientists talk about quantum mechanics. I mean, I barely understand what they're saying, but I'm excited by the idea that time might not be what we think it is. That's a bit deep. I think that's probably something to talk about another time. Yes, you're right. For now, just enjoy your photographs of happy times. But isn't it weird that 
Photographs of such deliriously happy times can make me sad. Do you think I'm the only one who reacts like that? I don't know. Are you okay? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's just so weird. And maybe strangely beautiful. Maybe. I've been looking for the simple things in life. Why? Because I've heard that nothing beats the simple things in life. And I don't want to miss out. Did you find them? It's not as easy as that. What do you mean by the simple things in life? Exactly. That's the problem. Maybe that's a measurement of why I need to find them again. Because I wasn't sure what they were. I had to Google it. You had to Google it? Yes. That's kind of embarrassing. Do you know what the simple things in life are? If I ask you to come up with a list of the simple things in life, what's the first thing you put down on that list? Watching a sunset? Or sunrise? I think everybody says that. It's the first thing I wrote down. And the second thing? That's where I got stuck. Not immediately. I thought of being in the company of people you love. That's a simple pleasure, of course. And it's the best thing of all. But then I got stuck. I wasn't sure what constituted a simple pleasure. So I looked it up. And I found numerous lists of the simple things in life. Name one from your list. Walks in the countryside. Boring. Well, yeah, I hated them as a child, but now I really appreciate them. Getting away from the crowds. Then there's the smell of the grass and flowers. Don't you suffer from hay fever? Not as much as I did. And I still like the smell of grass. You like the smell of grass? Yes. Oh, and seeing rolling hills across the horizon. Still boring. Your selection so far all have that in common. They're kind of boring. Which raises another question. Do the simple things in life have to be boring? Does simple equal boring? My phone, my smartphone, that's never boring. Go on, give me another one. OK, another one I found on a list was the first taste of tea or coffee in the morning. What? The first taste of tea or coffee. I asked for something less boring. I mean, how thirsty do people get overnight? I don't think it's just that. I think it might be something to do with the kick you get from that first dose of caffeine. Or it might just be the comfort you get from wrapping your hands around a, a warm mug. OK, yep. Another one. Another one in the list. Growing your own vegetables. 
I can't think of anything worse. It's back-breaking. It's dirty. And they grow too slowly. Another. Lighting a scented candle. Lighting a candle burns up the oxygen in a room. Nothing makes you less chilled than a shortage of oxygen. Are you serious? Next. Walking through autumn leaves. Hate autumn, or as the Americans call it, fall, which is much more appropriate. Those leaves are dead leaves. I've always thought autumn is overrated. Spring is so much better. Here's one. A good belly laugh with a friend. That's a good one. Laughter is great. But what's that so far? One out of six? Dancing around the house on your own. Why are you on your own? I don't know. Has somebody just left you? Are you crying? Are you in the middle of a breakup? Come on, that can be fun. What have you got against simple pleasures? What I've got against them is that people always say I spend too much time looking at screens, that I should spend time discovering some simple pleasures. Oh, that. Yes, that. I'm tired of screen time being demonised. I love the sheer variety and entertainment that's available online. Yes, but everybody needs downtime from that. You know that too much time browsing on your phone leads to anxiety. It's scientifically proven. Yeah, but I get anxious if I don't check my phone. What about that time in the swimming pool? On my honeymoon, looking at my gorgeous wife. That was a very simple pleasure, but just extraordinary. Yes, you were deliriously happy. But does it count as a simple pleasure if you had to pay a lot of money for something? For the honeymoon? You see, isn't the absence of money a qualifying factor for a simple pleasure? Give me another one from your list. No, I don't think I will. Why not? Because I think it's pointless. I think simple pleasures will be different for everybody. And I think we each have to take responsibility for finding our own. But it's important to make space in your life to enjoy them. That's something I've learned anyway. Just give me one more from the list. Finishing work early. Now you're talking. Remember what we were talking about earlier? You said you decided that today was going to be a good day. Yes, of course. And was it? Yes. What happened that was so momentous that it was a good day? Nothing momentous. But nothing momentous had to happen for it to be a good day. Did anything happen? I was busy working. Then my wife came home from teaching at school. We watched the French series, Call My Agent. It's the second time we've watched it, and we still laugh. And that was a good day? Yes, absolutely. But nothing much happened? Ah, but it did. My wife came home, we had fun watching Call My Agent.
she comes home every day. Were you expecting her not to? Of course I was expecting her. But I still get excited when she walks through the door. What are you? A little puppy? Thank you. That's a compliment. No, it's not. Puppies are always happy. Yeah, but they're puppies. If I threw you a toilet roll for you to play with, would you wag your little tail? Probably. Maybe in days gone by, I'd have thought it was a boring day today. But these days, I'm much more grateful. Like I told you, I decided when I woke up that this was going to be a good day today. That helped, I think. And nothing happened that could contradict it. And sometimes, that's enough. More than enough. If you say so. Look, when I say nothing much happened, and so it was a good day, I'm vastly underplaying it. That's not what actually happened. So what actually happened? I woke up next to a woman I adore, and even though her mouth was stretched open like she was trying to catch flies, she made me smile and realise how lucky I was. I also got to have breakfast in bed with her. And after I'd walked to her school with her, I came back and made myself a lovely smooth cappuccino. It tasted so nice. I savoured every sip of that coffee. And then... I get the idea. I haven't finished. Yeah, but I might vomit if you continue. So, it was an amazingly fulfilling day. You're such a loser sometimes. Maybe. But I'm happy. Have a good day. been listening to Talking to a Fool by me, Mark Capel. I still don't know what this is, but I hope you get something out of it. And if you want to support it, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Music was by Megan Wofford, Sugar Blizz and Spring Gang, courtesy of Epidemic Sound. This is a Spark of the Creative production. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>